Put your paws up. Cause you were born this way, baby. Welcome to What's Your Jersey podcast. I am your host, Jacqueline Marfuji, and I just have to say meatballs. Uh, I call my listeners meatballs, so if this is your first time checking in with us, you're officially a meatball. Uh, what a crazy time it's been. Um, I definitely wanted to take a pause. I muted myself on social media last week because I honestly feel like this is a time to freaking listen and to reflect and to educate yourself. And I just didn't feel like it was right to, you know, talk about sports and uh, people's journeys last week. I feel like we all needed to take a hot minute. Um, but we're back. I have a very, very special episode for you guys. Uh, it's going to be uncomfortable. And we're going to talk about things that I know so many people have reached out to me asking questions about and having conversations on not knowing what to say, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to help. And I feel like having a platform and my two guests also have an amazing platform that we are going to tell you about and hopefully make you a part of. Um, I feel like having a platform is a way to use your voice and to amplify other voices that are unheard. And I just want to let you guys know that I think the number one thing right now, especially in this climate and this space and with everything that's been happening, is to just don't be an asshole. Um, you know, I have a mission with the podcast and it's to be more open-minded, to bring positivity into the world and to better amplify unheard voices that need to be heard more. I think right now we all need to be really empathetic towards each other. And no, this is not about how I am feeling. It's not about that. It's about just educating and, you know, trying to change and trying to help. Also, the point of this podcast is it's not African-Americans' job to educate us. It's my job as a human to educate myself. You know? I don't know. Again, I might mess up. I might fuck up. Who knows what's going to happen over the next hour? Um, but I hope, if anything, I can bring some change and um, some clarity to you guys who have been having questions. Um and I do have to say, I was feeling so lost, so confused, so, so many things. And again, I said it wasn't about how I was feeling, but last week I came across, um, so I have a very good friend, Griffin Moore. I've talked about him. He is the creator and owner of the Whiskey Lifestyle brand. His wonderful girlfriend, Meg Cusolino, um, she's the creator of the Lazy Wellness Coach. Um, it's a yoga, meditation, and mindfulness uh, space. And, you know, I love, I love the mission statement because it's for people who still want to have fun and eat pizza and, you know, do yoga and meditation things. And then, so she had posted something, um, basically, I think it said, white people, let's talk. And it was her and her friend, Hollis Maloney, who is also a yogi and, um, a design expert for holistic health professionals, um, and a podcast host for the progress, the process of progress podcast. That's a tongue twister. Um, they created this space and this group basically out of all of the things that people were expressing. So they are the creators of the mindfulness and anti-racism group. I brought them here today. We're podcasting remotely. Guys, they're in the coolest city you could possibly be in. They're in Brooklyn, New York. Um, <laughs> and we're here to just have an open, honest conversation. So I just want to welcome Meg and Hollis to What's Your Jersey podcast. Hello, guys. Hey, hey babe. <laughs> <laughs> was that awful? Did I fumble through? Are we okay? Are we still no, here? I thought that, I thought that was pretty good. good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. Um, I wish I could have had, so we had the first group meeting. Was that last week already? It was Thursday. It was not even a week ago, but it was Thursday. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I mean, what year is it? Um, yeah. Yeah. You guys had so many of the group members eloquently speak about what, like, the, the first thing you had everyone say was, what would you say if a reporter came up to you at a protest? What would you say your reasoning for being there was? Mm -hmm. And 
um, it was so moving, so many of the answers. And I felt like so many of the answers were actually very similar. And I felt dumb because I felt like mine sounded very like formulaic. It sounded like a mission statement that like my, like a publicist would write. And I hated that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to ask you guys what you resonated with the most out of all those statements, like what you felt was basically kind of what everyone was feeling like during that. Yeah. I mean, I think something, well, let me take a big step back actually first, because I want to give folks a little bit more context as to just who me and Hollis are. Especially, yes. especially this being a podcast, you can't see us. We are white. <laughs> we are two, <laughs> we are two white, 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 white chicks over here in Brooklyn. Thank you, Meg. Thank um, you for saying that. Though. <laughs> I need to tell. I forgot to mention. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so just like really want to be really clear and transparent um, and intentional about kind of like what our role is in this larger conversation. And um you know, Hollis and I go back about five or six years now. We know each other from being in the yoga community here in Brooklyn. Um, and we've gotten really close over that time. And uh, I think like, like you said, you know, so many people, and I'll say especially white people, um, in my opinion, have been feeling that that feeling of kind of being paralyzed by just like this not knowing what to do and knowing that we we want to do more and feeling, you know, guilt and shame about the fact that we haven't done more yet. Um, and just, again, keep coming up against that barrier of like, but, but feeling kind of powerless, really, you know, I'm like, well, I'm just, I'm just me, like, I'm, you know, kind of like, where do I fit into this? Like, what can I do? Um, And so obviously, as we're seeing across the entire world, which is incredible, we're all reaching that breaking point, we're like, that's no longer good enough. You know, that's no longer a reason to, to kind of stay safe in our white privilege bubble. Um, And so it really came from uh, Malcolm X quote that, um, I came across in my, you know, <laughs> scrolling and scrolling and, and really like consuming and digesting so much of this information about, about this recent anti-racism movement, um, that really basically pointed to Malcolm X saying like how white, white folks need to talk. <laughs> like we, yeah. we need to talk. Um, we need to kind of organize ourselves to dismantle the systems that we've been growing up to just think are normal. And, um, like so much so that we're pretty, we're, we're in most cases very blind to them. And so, um, so that really kind of sparked a little fire in me and I immediately, I saw it and I, you know, Hollis was just like, so definitely the person that I, that I knew I would reach out to, to, to talk about what can we do. And so she immediately wrote me back saying like, yes, I'm in. Um, we got on the phone that day. That was, that was less than two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I just want to be really clear about that, you know, um, that, that this came from us being like, okay, we're white folks. We haven't done enough. Um, we know we need to do more. We don't know what that looks like, but like we, we need to figure it out, you know, and we know that it is not the job of black folks. Like you mentioned, Jackie to educate us. Um, but we also know that there's a gazillion resources and more coming out every day that, that we can educate ourselves with, you know? So it's like, how can we, how can we figure this out for ourselves? Um, and so we were like, okay, like we'll, we'll start the conversation. We need to get uncomfortable. We need to call each other out. We need to sort through all the mixed bag of emotions that comes with this stuff so that we can get to the actual like action part of the problem, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't, in retrospect, I don't know what we thought would happen, but I don't <laughs> think that we expected it to get as big as it already has. We um, yeah. we passed a hundred members as of today, um, and that's yeah. I mean, it's cool, but it's also like this is not about us in any way. And so, what we're really doing is um, because we have backgrounds in mindfulness, and um, you know, that kind of spilling into the the bucket of like just intentional living and self awareness and self reflection. Um, and we both happen to be just, like really good at organizing things. Um, <laughs> we're putting those skills to use to create a space for people to intentionally move through these educational and action item pieces. So that yeah. this isn't just a thing that we all try to check everything off on the list in one month. And then it's like, cool, we did all that. We're done. This is becoming like, 
Yeah. Like, like, and it's also, it's overwhelming to try to do it all at once. Um, but it's also not about a checklist. It's about literally changing the way that you live your life. Again, speaking mostly to white people, non-black people of color, anybody that just feels like, you know, maybe they haven't been seeing this whole, the whole picture, um, and that they, they know that they need to do more. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so it's really, it's, it's not us lecturing or even creating content. It's us just organizing those resources that have been like so generously shared with us by mostly black folks, leaders, educators. Um, and really, I mean, again, like shamefully, these resources have been here for a very long time. Um, and, and just kind of like organizing ourselves to, to start to digest that and doing so in a space where we can support each other and, and have those conversations when we have a reaction and we're like, I don't know if this is like the right thing to say, you know? Um, and I think like a lot of, especially a lot of my like friend group and a lot of people have said, like, I haven't said anything because I don't know what to say. And I'm feeling like everyone's saying silent, like you can't be silent, but I don't know what to say because I feel like getting, you know, just like a slap on the wrist, no matter what I do. So totally just to speak to that, like, cause I feel like I was there not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And what I've recognized is that the more I've educated myself and the more I've read and the more perspectives I've absorbed, the more I know how to speak to the things that I didn't know how to speak to before. Yes. So I think that that's like a huge part of this whole process is that there have been, been all of these learning tools out there for us, but we haven't been listening. We haven't been reading. We haven't been absorbing them. And now is the opportunity for us to do the work of listening, learning, educating ourselves, and then playing with how we speak to it. Like Mm -hmm. having these conversations with, you know, people who look like us and people who don't look like us so that we can figure it out. But I think Mm -hmm. a huge part of it is really like, we don't know what to say because we don't know anything about it. (laughs) We we haven't done, we haven't done the research. We haven't done the education. We don't know the words. We don't know how it feels because we've never, like as white people, we've never lived it. We've never talked about it. No, so I mean, I've been playing in school and stuff, but it's not something that we personally, and I understand, I will never understand. We don't have to deal with this every single day. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think to the point too, of not knowing what to say, I think kind of like, almost like kind of hidden under that a little bit is the fear of saying the wrong thing and then getting called out for it. You know? And I think that's that we see that happening a lot right now. Has that um, happened to either of you? Like during all of this, like have people come at you or, you, you know, know it, it hasn't happened to me during this. It has happened to me before, um, yeah, okay. but not during this. And honestly, like we, you know, when you first invited us here, one of the first things I said to Hollis, cause we were, our reaction was like humbled, terrified, absolutely in. And, <laughs> um, and I think, I think part of it is like, it's scary and yeah. we're going to, we're two white girls on here talking about racism. So you know, I said to her, like, we'll, we'll do it. We'll get called out and we'll learn. And yeah. I think that's just it. It's like by staying silent and, and not risking getting called out, like that's adding to the problem. But like Completely. the fear of getting called out again is like making it about, about us, you know, or whoever we're talking about in the scenario. So exactly. I think as, as white folks, we need to kind of get over that fear that getting called out is not the worst thing. You know, um, and fact, it's probably the best thing. It's the learning exactly. opportunity because if you if you just keep going along along thinking that you're right and nobody challenges you, then you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to grow in any right. way. It's really actually a great opportunity when somebody's like, actually, I really don't agree with you, and let me tell mm-hmm. you why. Yes, <laughs> like that's you, how you brought in yourself. Yes. It's interesting. I mean, I was called out very early in this. Just it was the night of. Um, the protest that turned into rioting and looting, especially on Melrose in Los Angeles. Um, and I wasn't, I was supposed to teach a class and you guys know this, you teach classes mm-hmm. and you've been teaching throughout all of quarantine um, remotely. Um, and I wasn't going to teach anything. And I had posted something on Instagram, my Instagram story saying, if you're posting like selfies and like bikini pics right now, maybe this isn't the time. 
And it was a Dan Levy had posted it. And then two slides later, after I'm watching all of these like looters and right, everything happening, I was like, should I teach tomorrow morning? Like this feels like a weird space to be teaching. And I reached out to the two heads of Plyo Jam and they were like, no, we bring hope, positivity. We're teaching tomorrow morning. We should not be stopping. And I was like, okay, but I don't feel comfortable doing it unless I'm like, you know, donating to a charity. I I feel selfish right now keeping any of the money. So I posted after that first slide, I will be teaching tomorrow morning. Um, and that's it. So I woke up to three paragraphs from a white woman, um, saying that I wasn't using my platform correctly, that it was hypocritical that I posted that first slide about not posting selfies and bikini pics. And then I'm self-promoting a class. And she went further to call me out and be like, I bet you're going to say you're going to donate. Like you need to be better. You need to use your platform better. And Pardon me, it was like, okay, this woman obviously has some issues with like everything that's going on and she's just crying out, which yeah. I think a lot of people are doing. But it checked me and it made me really just immediately snap into like, okay, I need to use this platform and I am not mega famous, but uh, people do listen mm-hmm. um, and I need to use it for good and I really need to be careful about what I support and what I put out there. Yeah. And you know, that was kind of a wake up call. Um, I do have something I wanted to play for you guys before we answer the question I I originally asked, which is, thank fucking God you brought it back to who the hell you guys are. Um, um, There was something, (laughs) thank you so much. Um, I was watching Watch What Happens Live last night and Portia Williams from The Real Housewives of Atlanta and W. Kamau Bell were the guests. And W., Kamau Bell had a really good point about how white people should be um, proactive during this time. And it really is in line with everything you guys just said. So if you don't mind, I would love to play it for you right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two black women. I have three things here. So one, it is unfortunate but true in America that a white person's whisper is worth more than a black person's scream. So white people, when you call your congressman, when you send an email to your to your congressperson, when you call the police the police department and say, I would like to talk about reform, it just means more. The reason why this is getting more in the news is because people see white bodies out there. If it was only black folks out there, it would there wouldn't be all this talk about peaceful that sits, even if it was the same level. And the third thing I say, and this is something that I'm doing personally for me, to you, is I have a freedom. I think white people need to talk to white people who already have started doing this work. So I'm assigning my white friend, Kate Schatz, who wrote the book Rad American Women A to B, to all white people I know. That includes you now, Andy. Kate Schatz, she's a white woman who's already doing the work. She's on Twitter. And she is handing out all of assignments to white folks because you're not going to listen to us in the same way. You need to get with your white folks who already started doing the work. So I just thought that, I mean, it's like literally he's speaking to you and all of us because I feel like that is what we're supposed to be doing right now. Totally. Yeah. And I think Um, the other thing to realize in in this too is like, there's a lot of different opinions, you know what I mean? And so it's like, I think, I think, you know, as much as we just talked about the idea of like, um, kind of like just say something and just get out there and get over your own fear of getting called out. It's also not to be like, be, you know, like willy nilly or like reckless about it. You know, it's like, it's like, like be intentional, you know, and, and, and so much listening and learning and then also considering the source, you know, um, uh, you know, like the, the woman that called you out, like, just like, okay, taking that in, but then like not letting that stop you. Um, but taking from it what you can, you know? And so, um, it's, you know, and Hollis and I have gone back and forth a lot about that, you know, about like us being white and, and, you know, starting the group and, and it, the group being predominantly white people, um, has been a huge part of our conversation and making sure that we're, you know, staying in intention and that we're not creating a space for white folks to be, you know, kind of coddled in their white fragility or anything like that. But um, I think so far what we're seeing is it's not at all that and people who are just really like really genuinely wanting to learn um, and willing to get uncomfortable, you know, and I think that's, that's what we can do. Totally. And before we move on, I know you guys had mentioned you had certain charities and certain things, and I will put everything in the podcast notes, but 
I know, I know y'all sometimes get busy and can't listen to the entire podcast, but you should listen to the whole mm-hmm. podcast. But I, w- I definitely want to put um, all of that out there right now before we proceed any further. So yeah, you guys, let me know what you recommend supporting right now. Yeah, I mean, cool. I think something that Hollis and I have talked about too with all of this, we'll give you guys a couple, um, and there's so many sources floating around there, places to donate to and all that kind of stuff. And this is a little bit part of the work too, is like, you know, do your own research and, and vet these organizations and make sure you know like what you're putting money to. And again, like getting out of that kind of checklist mindset of, of just like, oh, okay, cool, here's something I can send 10 bucks to, I'm done, you know? So yeah. with that, I'll, I'll let Hollis actually share the organizations that we've put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have three that we we have we've kind of done a little bit of vetting that some folks we know have done vetting uh, vetting on, and um, the first one is Emergency Relief Fund, which is just direct emergency relief funding for people who need it. The Loveland Foundation, who which was started by Rachel Cargill, I think that's how you say her last name, but she started the Great Unlearn. And um, also fantastic foundation and the Black Feminist Project, which is actually a group of women in the Bronx here that are, are they kind of re- reorganized what their organization is for, but they provide a lot of resources and services to um, the poorest, one of the poorest communities in the country up here in the Bronx. And wow. um, each of those, we've, we've done our, our vetting, we've, we've, we feel like they're they're really the strongest ones out there right now that we really want to support. But um, like Megan said, you know, if there's an organization that you find that you're really interested and passionate about what they're doing, just do your research. And that goes across mm-hmm. everything. Like do your research, see where it's coming from, see where their money is actually going and um, make sure that you actually believe in what they're doing. Because there's a lot, there's a lot going on right now. And yeah. I think being really clear about what specifically we each all want to support individually right. makes the collective movement really move forward. Yeah. And I think that's just it too, is like, you know, there's a lot of different issues at play here. So therefore there's a lot of organizations that have different focuses, you know? So it's kind of like figuring out like what you're like, as Hollis said, like where you want to put your money, what you're kind of interested in supporting more specifically. Um, and then I also just mentioned too, that like, organization donations being fantastic. That's not the only place that your money can help support the Mm -hmm. efforts because there's so many amazing people, uh, mostly black folks who are devoting themselves and their work to helping to educate other people. And so we have a lot, actually, that's probably our longest list is people where you can, you can go, um, to their Instagram, to their, you know, their website, their YouTube, and, and be, you know, educated. Um, but absolutely, you know, support them, you know, so that's something that's another place that I've been, you know, intentionally putting my money towards, because I've been so grateful to, to have those resources available to me. And so again, this is not necessarily just like a one and done. There are some folks who have Patreons set up where, you know, it's a monthly subscription. Um, And you're going to continue to support this work because obviously everybody's getting a huge influx right now. um, But this is their work. (laughs) You know, it's, it's going to keep going past June, July, August, you know, whenever. So, so just another point as far as, you know, we'll, we'll also link to a number of folks that we think um, have been really great voices to listen to and, and please absolutely support them as well. I love that. And I've also seen a lot of people being like, I don't have any money to donate right now, which is totally understandable. Mm -hmm. We just went through a pandemic. We lost jobs. Um, So actually, Gabby Conti, who's been on the podcast, um, she posted this yesterday. If you don't have any money to donate now, you can just search on YouTube, Black Lives Matter Donate Playlist, and just let it just play in the background and the ads that are playing will donate for you. So all wow. you have to do is just put mm-hmm. that into a search bar and let it play. So you're donating and doing that as, you know, part of a contribution. Um, I think to- also really quickly, I just want to say like the huge part of this conversation, like if you take apart the phrase black lives matter, it's really just saying like black folks have been devalued for a very, very, very long time. Their voices have not been allowed to be heard. People have not looked to them as, as 
as resources, like they haven't been paid equally. Like there have been so many ways their lives and their messages have been devalued. So even looking at the broader conversation of like, how can you bring value in, in what ways can you bring value to somebody who's doing the work? And maybe that's not necessarily money. Maybe that's like reaching out to your local restaurant and just saying like, hey, I just want to make sure you guys are paying all of your folks equally or like using your voice that like your lo- local yoga studio and saying like, how are you guys supporting this process? Like, mm-hmm. are you in, are you also hiring, you know, by POC? Like there's so many ways to use your voice, which is a huge mode of currency to actually make this change happen as well. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, Hollis. And speaking of voices, I wanted to actually uh, promote a few podcasts um, that are just produced and made by Black Voices. Um, I absolutely love Justin Sylvester. He's one of the hosts of E Daily Pop. Um, he has a podcast called Just the Sip. It's great. It's hilarious and very informative. Um, there's also The Read, which is by Kid Fury and Crystal. Higher Learning with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay and the very funny um, Best Friends podcast with Nicole Byer and Sashir. Um, oh my gosh, I'm going to say her last name wrong. Sashir Zamala. Um, I definitely recommend supporting those. Um, and also, there is a book I just came across. I feel like it definitely will speak. It broke down a lot of stuff. Um, very um, easily for me. It's by Sophie Williams. It's called Millennial Black Book. Have you guys heard of it? I hadn't heard of that one, no. Mm -mm. Um, I wanted to read a few things. I mean, if you go on her Instagram, um, I mean, all of this stuff is posted everywhere. And she basically, she recently posted just about all the different ways to go about everything that's very in line with what you guys were saying. one of the biggest things she says is just listen. Um, what else? Um, there's so much. Uh, woke signaling is something that um, she brings up. And it says your minority friends or family members are not tools for you to point to as a way to prove your unracistness. Mm-hmm. You can have minority friends and still be racist. You can have minority family members and still be racist. Your active anti-racist work is all that you can use to show your beliefs. Which I really mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about using your platform, working diversity into your timeline, understanding that your voices can travel to places that, you know, ours can't. Um, and also, and I love this again, because I've noticed this in certain friends groups, don't be the police. I mean, I was talking to Griffin the other day and I was like, I feel like my white friends are like the racism police right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't tell people that they are grieving or reacting in the wrong way. Being a minority in Western society is a daily barrage. Sometimes we feel it all deeply. Sometimes we are numb. Both are reasonable responses. Allow minority people to feel the full range of their feelings, which I think is really Completely. important. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. those are something. Be human. Yes. Really, all we're, that's really all we want is for everybody to be seen as human beings. Which, yes. Um, know, by POC, people have not been allowed to experience that. No. And then some of the charities. And again, we'll link everything. There's going to be a lot of notes. Um, the ACLU, I've kind of tried to pick a different charity every week. Um, so them, uh, Justice for Breonna Taylor on GoFundMe. There's the George Floyd GoFundMe. And then this week I'm doing, it's the COVID-19 protest relief GoFundMe. And it was created by SNL comedian. He's a friend, Chris Red, because guys, we are out there protesting and guess what? There's still a pandemic and a virus. So, you know, um, I feel like we got, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I I feel like everyone's forgetting that. Um, but it is what it is. Be careful, wear your masks, stay far apart. Um, and do all the things. Um, so going back to the original question, what resonated with you guys the most when people were asked what they would say to a reporter dur- during the protests? I mean, I feel like there were so many, um, there were so many responses that yeah. were so powerful. And I think it was that, you know, people, I think the one that resonated with me the most came from my friend Ileana and she was like, how could I not be here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's because that's exactly how I feel. It's like, how could I not do anything anymore? How can I not check myself anymore? How can I pretend like this isn't an issue that, yeah. that does affect me anymore? And, um, and I think there were, 
there were also a lot of responses about how like we've been perpetuating this lie, this American myth that we're all equal and we all receive the same rights when that's complete, completely false. So it's like, why perpetuate the lie anymore? We got we to gotta do the work to, to look at ourselves. And, um, and so for me, those were, those were probably the most, the most powerful that I connected to. Yeah. And Meg, think, what you? yeah, for me, I actually, for like overarchingly was, um, I noticed that, that there were a lot of actually really different answers, you know, I mean, kind of all moving towards the same thing, but, um, people really having a lot of different, like specific calls to action inside them. And similar to Hollis though, I think the one that really, um, stood out to me the most was my friend Rose, who basically just said, you know, the story that we have been taught and have been continuing to tell ourselves about our country is a lie. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about just how strategically <laughs> and intentionally that story was curated when we were kids growing up and, and learning the history of the country. Um, and you know how it was, it's just so clear in retrospect now that like certain parts were omitted, certain parts were glossed over. Um, mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, we're, we're kids who are learning like, you know, don't hit each other. Don't, don't say mean things to each other. Don't steal your, you know, your friend's lunch, whatever. We're also being taught that like, so by the way, this is how the country started. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then we're taught that, you know, but that was a long time ago and it's all fine now, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so we kind of are like, okay, like that, we, like not to say like as kids, we didn't acknowledge that it was, you know, wrong, but you know, it's just kind of packaged in such a way that, feels so intentional and strategic to me now looking at it that that for me has been like whoa you know um yeah and and speaking to that too it's like I can't imagine also you know being a person of color learning all of that and then being like but wait I Mm -hmm. I'm experiencing this and I'm really confused because you're telling me that this doesn't exist anymore but I'm feeling it I'm sh- because I'm sure even as children, they're, they're feeling it. And then they grow up and they're still feeling it. Like the amount of microaggressions that a person of color experiences on a daily basis, you know, I can't imagine that they would be like, yeah, this, this, everything that I learned in, in school was correct because I'm feeling and seeing and experiencing something completely different, which is that it's very much alive and well, and people are just turning a blind eye to it or don't even realize it. Yeah. It was really eye-opening. I watched 13th on Netflix this mm-hmm. weekend. And I honestly, I mean, that should be shown in schools. Um, I That was eye-opening. I feel like there's so many things that like I didn't know actually occurred. And again, it's just right now, I think it's about educating ourselves. And even um, on that Watch What Happens Live thing, Kamal, he has three little girls. Um, I think it's three girls. He has three small children. And him and Portia said, everyone should be showing their kids from a very young age, you know, kids books about Martin Luther King, about Harriet Tubman, like just starting it at home as early as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, which is- because I've, I've heard too that, and I don't know how true this is, so I probably shouldn't even be saying this, but um, that starting to recognize differences between you and another, another person starts at like age two, age three. Mm. So, yeah. so even and starting to pick up racial bias happens around that time too. So it's like very, very, very young times where we're starting to be inundated with information, whether it's from our parents or whether it's just from like the TV that they have on in the background or, you know, whatever it is in these small little ways, like our brains are sponges at that age. It's like we're, we're absorbing all this information and that's what's part of the conditioning. Mm -hmm. So being part of the anti-conditioning of all of that, is definitely I, I agree like you got to do it so so young and let the voices yeah. again that haven't been heard for so long be heard mm-hmm. exactly i um i think i saw this on cnn that samuel l jackson said the state of our country basically right now is that the water broke and now we're going through labor pains and it's it's everything i feel like we have to move forward and every way we go about stuff has to be changed from here on out um 
I saw this yesterday. We are the builders who are building a world that has never been built before. And I feel like starting at a young age at home in a different way than we have been for the past hundred years is so important right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to know what some of like the most uncomfortable things um, that have come up that people have asked, because I feel like a lot of people listening right now are like, okay, you guys, I mean, we're educating ourselves, we're doing all this, but do you have any advice for people who are like, now I'm, I feel like I've educated myself enough. Like, how can I speak out? Like, what can I say? Um, does that make sense? Yeah. I I mean, I think it's an important question. It's a really hard one to answer. Um, it's so like kind of dependent, you know? Um, but I I, mean, I, 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 I do want to say Portia Williams, I just saw this. She said, be confident in, in saying the wrong thing. Be able to yes. be corrected. And that's what feelings are for. Sorry, I just yeah. saw that. No, I think I think that's that's really, really true. Um I think also, you know, like the just being humble and, and admitting that you don't know everything, you know, and and um being really clear about where you are in your own journey of of learning and um kind of like reprogramming your own script is really important. But, and I think, you know, I think that's the other thing too. It's like, you know, it's really easy to kind of like step in and be like, okay, like now, you know, now I'm like so woke and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to like get, be part of this. But it's, um, I think a lot of it for me at least is like continuing to, to be, um, relatively quiet, you know, but just really thinking like, like always, and this is where the mindfulness comes in, like just always coming back to like, like, why? Like, so what, you know? And, um, and with that, thinking about the intention versus the impact. And I think that's something that, again, I'm going to say we and kind of lump white folks together, um, you know, can, can be like, we can miss the mark on pretty easily because we're like, well, we, you know, we meant well. And it's like, well, it doesn't, I mean, it kind of doesn't matter if you meant well, you know, like, so really thinking about what's the impact is this going to have? Am I posting this because um, I feel like I need to say something, you know, and I feel like I need to, you know, show that I'm doing something or is me posting this actually going to help and how is it going to help and who is it going to help, you know? And so, you know, I think like we saw a lot of that kind of conversation happen around the posting of black squares last week, you know, the, the big blackout. Um, and on the one hand, I found that to be like really beautiful that so many people were like, I'm in this with you. I'm in this with you. Um, but on the other hand, we're going through a time where we're trying to amplify black voices and I'm scrolling through my entire feed and I can't see or hear any of them because it's all black squares. And even people who don't usually post anything are posting black squares. And so, you know, again, like not to like, I'm not the one to say if that was the right or the wrong thing to do, but it's just like thinking about what it is we're doing and why we're doing it. Do we feel like we need to be a part of this, you know, trend and show that we're, we're on the right side of things or are we like behind the scenes, you know, doing the work and not feeling like we need to broadcast that necessarily unless us broadcasting it will, will bring other people in. Does that make all like sense? I mean, yeah. yeah and I, I don't think people need to share their opinions all the time. Like, I feel like we've lived in a culture that's about like, what do you think? What do I think? I got, I got to share and promote, you know, what I'm doing and here I am doing this and here's what I think on this. And it's like, no, not at least for, at least for white people, you know, non, non by POC people. Now's not the time for that. I think that's really part of what everybody's been saying is like, now's the time to listen. So even if there is something that you want to discuss that you want to share, like, Maybe it's thinking like, wow, you know, I read this the other day and, and just asking like, you know, how am I being educated? Is it more important for me to share my opinion on what I'm being educated on? Or is it more important for me to share the education? Mm-hmm. And I think that's also the part of like taking yourself out of the equation and letting it not be about you, but really about like the information that we all need to be waking up to and be being and acknowledging and exactly like what Megan said, like intention versus impact. Like if your if your intention is to continue focusing on yourself, you know, got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also there's a broader thing going on right now, which is, it has a lot to do with how we can collectively be making change. And it's, it's really not about you and sharing mm-hmm. your opinions and saying mm-hmm. what you, you think about everything. I, yeah. love, I mean, we, we wanted to talk, this is all for four, 
there's a debate about performative activism right now where are, are you just putting on a show or are you doing it because you want to feel woke? Um, and there's two sides to the coin. I mean, I heard Justin Sylvester talking on the comments by celebs podcast yesterday and he was like, you know what? I, if you're an influencer, because a lot of people have been coming down on influencers just taking like their Instagram photo at a protest and then leaving, he's like, I don't fucking care. That still amplifies the hashtag Black Lives Matter. Get out there, post your picture, you know, post that you're donating, do all that. And then on the flip side, other people have had other opinions about that and they're like, get out of the space. You're not using it in the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I feel like you just need to, you know, step in if you need to step in and yeah, not share your opinion all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like you guys especially are very, very well versed in self-care, meditating, taking care of yourselves. And right now there is such a download of information that like, I mean, I think it is important to also recognize you need to step back for a minute. You need to take time for yourself. So I really wanted your opinions and your tips on how to navigate this space when we are educating and we're downloading and we're doing all the things and we're white knuckling pun intended, um, everything, like what you recommend on the flip side of it, how we should take care of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I want to, I want to just like point something out kind of right off the bat with that too, is that I think we can get a little mixed, like, feelings about even taking time off as again, grouping white people together. Um, because it's a privilege to be able to like, put the phone down and kind of, you know, put it out of our minds for a little while. Um, that's part of our privilege is that we can step away from it. And it doesn't, you know, it's not just like part of our all the time, um, life, but I think no matter what color your skin is, you absolutely need to be building in, you know, time for self-care, especially now. And as I've been kind of feeling for myself and, and talking a little bit too about folks that have been, you know, kind of in my, on my newsletter and, and reading my blog and that kind of thing for a while is like, like, this is why we have been building our foundations of self-care, learning why we like learning how I personally need, like can practice self-care so that when my anxiety is acting up, which obviously like way more anxious lately than, than other, you know, circumstances. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but I've spent years learning about myself and, and my anxiety and, you know, my digestion and all those things so that when things get hard, I know the grounding exercises that work for me. I know the foods that settle my stomach. I know that I need, you know, to get the sleep and to, you know, put the phone down. And like, so I just want to like really reiterate that, that, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a conflict, I think internally for some people. Um, but so, you know, so I guess I'll, I'll go into for me, like really making sure that I'm, I am getting the rest and I am taking the breaks and it can be really, really easy for me to, um, you know, I think, I think we, we tend to count downtime. We like kind of lump all downtime together. And I think especially in this quarantine era, like it's easy to be like, well, I'm just kind of always relaxing, but we're not always relaxing. Even before this movement, you know, kind of erupted where it is now, we weren't really relaxing, you know, watching TV all the time is different than, than sitting quietly and, or going for a walk without, you know, headphones or without being plugged in in some way. And so some things that I've been doing for myself beyond, you know, making sure I'm getting food in my body, even though my appetite has been weird and low, um, going for walks, preferably every day, I'm lucky enough to be pretty close to the waterfront here in Brooklyn. And so that's become my go-to destination. And I try, I try my best. It's hard to put my phone down and to just sit there and just freaking look at the water, you know, and just breathe. Um, and, um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I'll leave it at that for me though. Those have been like two of my biggest things is just having that time to, to be quiet with myself and breathe. And that looks a little bit different for, for everybody. It doesn't need to be sitting cross-legged and, you know, meditating for 20 minutes. Um, and, and just like thinking about like what, what goes in my body, um, obviously, you know, resting and sleeping and, and all that kind of stuff. But, 
I think having the conversations too, you know, with people who are, who are, um, sharing a similar experience to you. Um, I'm so, 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 so grateful for Hollis and this friendship we've had for years. And now this partnership that we have with this, because a lot of my anxieties have come from, you know, just like, are we doing the right thing with the group and all that kind of stuff. So having somebody who, you know, is, is going through kind of exactly that with me and being able to really talk through it in a way that I know that, you know, she's not going to, she's not going to judge me. Um, we're going to have a constructive conversation. I think that that's really important too. So. And Hollis, what about you? Yeah. Um, I really just quickly want to apologize. They started doing construction on the apartment below me. So I'm really sorry if there's like a lot of extra noise behind <laughs> I me. Until just now when you brought it up. I'm like, I really hope this isn't coming across the podcast, but this is like one of the benefits of living in New York. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, so, I get it. Yeah. Um, Jackie, I'm really glad that you brought this up because also Megan and I talk about this all the time. Like even before any of this started, we are both such go-getters and we tend to like just put a lot of stuff ahead of ourselves before we take care of ourselves. And so she and I talk about it a lot. And um, and I think right now there is a lot of guilt around taking time for yourself but I think it is so insanely necessary. And this morning I taught a class and I told, I told everybody in class, like why I love yoga is because it taught me when to be actively engaged in something and when to actively rest. And I think active rest, like being very purposeful about how you rest and how you recover is really, really important to do right now so that you can recharge and keep moving forward. And I think that that looks different, you know, for everybody. I myself have just been giving myself permission. Like if I'm really craving something or wanting to do something, I kind of take it. Um, sleeping a lot <laughs> as part of like digesting all of this, but also being very intentional about having no screen time mm -hmm. because everything that's already out there is going to still be out there. And it's so easy for me to get lost in the Instagram web, the news web, the email web, everything, and, and being very, very purposeful about like, not eating with the screen, like Megan said, taking walks without a screen, no headphones, just like not being plugged in. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it for me has been so wonderful for recharge, but everybody has that thing that they know really, really benefits them. And that thing can be really, really hard to give yourself sometimes, but now is the time to be like, no, I really need to take this. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much because I, I mean, I'm like, oh, I go on walks, but A, they're like power walk runs and I'm always listening to a podcast. I'm always trying to either write jokes in my head, like I'm constantly doing, there's no quiet. And I feel like that's something that we really need to gift ourselves every now and then. I think that's something we need yeah. all the time, you know, the time. I mean, that's, and that's literally like what Hollis and I do, you know? And like I said, it's just like, now it's, it's all the more important. And now it's like, it's kind of like, you know, like you always hear, you know, you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, we can't show up and do this work if we're like hang by a thread ourselves, you know? Um, now, of course, not to use that as an excuse to like, you know, take a bubble bath every day and, um, and just kind of be like, well, you know, I, I donated. <laughs> yeah. And like only do the bare minimum. Of course not. I mean, like I said, I've been just, I've just been anxious. I'm uncomfortable, you know, and like, okay, like finding the balance, but, but also accepting that, like, that's like kind of the point is like, we're gonna be uncomfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and I also think another really important piece to this, especially as far as like finding that time to unplug and to just be with yourself. And this again goes for all the time, but can really be important now is being able to connect to your own self and intuition. Um, yeah. And again, that goes back to the idea of like being really clear about kind of what you believe, you know, and what your intention is and, um, and just even being able to like understand how how the dialogue in your head runs. Um, like we need that quiet time to sit with all of this stuff for, to, for it to kind of digest in ourselves so that we can speak about it so that we can move forwards with it. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so it's, there's, there's just it's so many reasons that it is important, you know, to, to slow down and to take breaks for sure. Yeah. I'm so happy you brought that up 
what you believe and what your intentions are, because honestly, if you don't have a foundation, your house is going to fall. So Mm -hmm. yeah, what you're standing on, then what's the point? Well, and this whole conversation also is about our beliefs, right? Like our, our beliefs and our biases can sometimes go really hand in hand. And there's a lot of people who have believed a, a lot to be true who are now being told that's not true anymore. So there's a lot of shifting about belief systems right now and which makes it extremely more imperative for after, you know, a whole day of, of seeing like all these different opinions, all this different information to then be able to settle into it and, and ask yourself like, what do I believe out of all of this? Mm-hmm. I to think, redefine it. I think too, a really good example that we can look at is Jackie, this woman that called you out last week and being able to, you know, and I'm not even going to say like if what she said was all right or what she said was all wrong or anything like that, but like being able to sit with that and, and understand, you know, how you feel about it, you know, and, and understand it. Did she make you uncomfortable because she was right, (laughs) you know, because you know deep down that she was right. Or, you know, are you like, no, I feel, I feel confident about the way that I'm choosing to move forward. So, you know, I can let at least some of her comments, if not all of them go, you know what I mean? And so I think it's just kind of like, again, like we're, we're digesting and consuming so much information and um, there's no filter, like not all of it Mm -hmm. is correct necessarily, or not all of it is going to align with, with ourselves. And so being able to kind of like filter through and create, we each create our own you know, view of things, even if we're very similar to each other, like we still all have that unique experience. And so being able to kind of like, you know, I'll just keep using the word digest, I guess, but, um, you know, like, I think that's, that's really important too, so that it's not like, you know, everybody that calls you out is not necessarily correct, you know? Um, Yeah. And Megan, I want to push back a little bit because I would say that it's not necessarily correct. People are expressing what they're believing in. Yeah. So even that woman who called out Jackie, she was basically saying, this is what I believe, mm-hmm. which I'm going to state as fact, but this is really just my opinion and my belief. And so Jackie's job was then to be like, do I believe her? Same. Do I yeah. believe in what she's saying? You know, which is essentially what you're saying, but like, it's not, it's not fact or fiction, you know, totally. it's, it's opinions and it's beliefs and there's there's a, there's a lot of truth in beliefs and there's a lot of truth in opinions, but there's also um, the choice of being like, do I want to believe that also? Yeah, really good clarifications. Really not about somebody being right, somebody being wrong, um, but about like just understanding how it all lands for us, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I good, wanted to know, and we haven't really gone over this, but I wanted to know, I know a lot of people have asked this how to navigate talking about this with family members that may not believe the same things you do or people that are older or just anyone in your circle that might have different beliefs. And I know I've seen a lot of posts that are like, you know what, like unfriend me. Like if you're racist, then we don't need to be friends. But I feel like it's little, I feel like, I don't know. It's not as like black and white pun intended, I guess. Yeah, definitely not. It's, <laughs> it's very, very, very messy. Yeah. <laughs> and just to speak to what I've personally been learning, you know, I'm, I've, I've kind of come to the recognition that like, if I'm, if I'm going into a conversation, wanting to change somebody's mind, I'm probably not going to get anywhere. Uh-huh. Because again, this is about beliefs. And if you're challenging somebody, somebody's beliefs, they're going to naturally push back. Yeah. So my my uh, my personal approach and what I've been trying to do is to get curious about my my friends and family members who don't believe the same things that I do, who aren't paying attention to this in the same way that I am or being really dismissive about it because I'm really passionate about it. I'm really like worked up about all of it. So why aren't they? And just trying to understand where they're coming from so that and by doing that, like then setting the template, setting the space that that we're we're having a safe conversation because I'm genuinely curious about where you're coming from so that then I can also share like, well, this is how I feel. And hopefully by having those conversations, it's not necessarily about, you know, pulling someone onto my side. It would be awesome if that's what would happen. It's like, if, as I share what I believe in 
and what like why why this is so incredibly important for us to be doing that they then come to the other side and they're like yeah you know what I actually really agree with you on that but I think that because it's especially when you talk about older people it's like they've been living with this their whole lives and this is what they've known for so long and I fully believe that a lot of people get really, really stubborn as they get older and they get less inclined to let go of these things. And so it takes work. It takes massaging. It takes like, it takes creating the safety for them to be able to explore like why their belief might not be acceptable anymore. Um, Why I personally would say it's wrong, but, um, but to them, it's not wrong. It's right. So like, where can we find that understanding? And I'm sure Megan has like a lot to say about her experiences too. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot to say about everything. Um, <laughs> oh my, I'm like, yeah, just Hollis just knows me well. Um, but no, you know, I actually, I feel like I, this might be one thing I don't have that much to say about, to be honest. Like, I think it's, it's almost strangely nerve wracking, you know, um, even those relationships that you're like, well, I don't even really talk to this person on a regular basis, but like, it's so scary to try to broach the subject with them. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll echo a lot of what Hollis said as far as just kind of like, like stepping in really mindfully. Um, and I, like, again, I'll, I think what she said about, um, not necessarily going in, like, like you're gonna definitely change somebody's, um, outlook, but, but trying to understand and being open to understand and hope that, that in turn, they'll be open to understanding you as well. I think for me, it goes back to trying to understand what somebody's intention was, um, or is. And the one example I can, I can think of is, you know, like an uncle of mine who posted something to Facebook and he posted it, but didn't even really like, like actually say anything about it. And it was clear, you know, it's clear like where, you know, where he kind of stands, but, you know, so I just, I, I asked him like, what are you trying to say? And what I think he was trying to say, like, then, you know, my next question would have been like, so what? Um, and I think there's a lot of just like finger pointing and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but what, like, what is the point you're actually trying to make? Um, and so for me, at least it's just kind of like really, you know, going in with that curiosity of kind of like, where, like, where are you coming from? Like, let me understand like what it is you're trying to say and why you feel like you need to say that um, Mm -hmm. before we even decide that we're like, so at odds, you know? Yeah. And I think also by doing that, we're mirroring empathy, which is really what I personally feel like this, this movement is so much about. It's like being able to recognize that there are people who are having very different experiences than you are and being able to feel that and see that, give value to that, and then also let people speak to those experiences so that they can be heard. Mm-hmm. And not to say that that's the whole be all end all of everything, but like that's that's kind of my mission in all of this is that like how can we how can we create more empathy for people who are in pain? And how oh. can we create more spaces for people who are in pain to speak to that pain? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think it is also hard, especially even geographically, like I literally stand on my balcony and there's protests going by a few times a day. So mm-hmm. it's like you're in it and you're seeing mm-hmm. it. But I mean, I know people that live in suburbs in like the middle of Connecticut or, you know, where it's not in their face. And if they're not going on social media and if they're not watching the news as much, like it might not weigh in to them as much as it's weighing in to us, especially because it's like mm-hmm. in our Face. Like it's literally in your backyard. We're literally protesting. So I think it is just being empathetic to everyone's situations and again, educating yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I want everyone to find out how they can join your amazing group um, and how it works. I want you guys to pimp yourselves out right now. <laughs> Well, yeah. we, um, yeah, we just made a um, very, like, just threw up a landing page because we were getting so many emails. We we're like, let's filter this and, and direct it in the right way. So we just put up a website. It's mindfulnessandantiracism.com. And it's really just a brief introduction to the group and the form that you can fill out if you do want to join us. And then from there, we, uh, we add you guys to the, the conversation. I love that. Um, 
I also wanted to know if there was any, I mean, I felt like I could talk to you guys for hours about all of this. Maybe we need to do a part two, but I want to make sure there was nothing that you really wanted to cover or, you know, bring up that we missed before we come to a close. I mean, I, like you said, I think there's so much more, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, you know, I think, I, I think we've, we've covered it pretty well. I think, Definitely wanting to point to some of the folks that we've been following and learning from, um, particularly authors. Um, Layla Saad, uh, I think well, a lot of people have, have probably heard that name, if not before these last couple of weeks, in these last couple of weeks. So Me and White Supremacy being a book um, that is, again, people, you know, if if posting to social media, if getting in conversations with other you know, white folks or donating, if all those things are not available to you or, you know, like feel like your form of activism, read, <laughs> grab a book, you know, um, watch a movie like Jackie. We also just watched 13th. Um, yeah. and so, so, so informative. Um, we also just watched if Beale street could talk last night. Uh, so, you know, there's just so many ways and we'll, we'll list some of these in the show notes as well, but you know, I think one of the things for me, as well as finding people who are specifically speaking to anti-racism that I can learn from, also mm-hmm. finding folks like most of my Instagram feed, which is where, you know, I, I kind of consume the most like media, I guess, if you will. I'm not really on Twitter or um, other platforms, but, it, you know, it's a lot of yoga and wellness and mindfulness and, you know, some healthy eating and um, some interior design, um, stuff that I'm interested in. And so, so kind of going through and, and realizing like, are these accounts all people that look like you? Um, and so finding other yoga teachers or other, you know, designers or food bloggers, um, or, you know, people that talk about sports or, you know, whiskey in the case of Griff, um, like that, that are coming from some different perspectives that have different voices Mm -hmm. and just, and just being intentional about, you know, diversifying your own, what you're consuming, I think is, mm-hmm. is another relatively easy way, you know, to, to take a step in this direction. Yes, Completely. definitely. And we normally do a just enough sports section on the podcast, but I feel like I love what we talked about and I kind of want to leave it at that. We don't need sports this week. Obviously. I don't know that I could talk about sports. <laughs> well, you know, everyone, maybe everyone can just like look up Colin Kaepernick and like do a little yeah. research on yeah. like, yeah, that could be the There's debates and right all now. Oh, sorry. There's so many athletes out there that are like doing great work around this right now, donating tons of money, bringing awareness to different organizations. Um, like so many basketball players, like to name the, the top two, obviously Michael Jordan donating a hundred million dollars over the next 10 years, LeBron James. Like there's, there's so many people who are like, who are taking a really great stance on this and demonstrating a great example and also speaking about their experiences. Totally. And even NASCAR just released a whole um, video about Black Lives Matter. And so everyone's trying to get into it. I know there was kind of a debate where a lot of people were like, well, why aren't NFL players making videos? Why aren't baseball players making videos? And I do feel like NASCAR Mm -hmm. is kind of the only sport that's like in season and there's a lot fewer of them. So hopefully Mm -hmm. the organizations step up. I know Roger Goodell had a lot of comments recently about Colin Kaepernick and everything that was going on there. I'll let you guys do your research from home and then we'll talk about it when I have Griffin on the podcast because I feel like I, um, yeah, I want to hear his opinion on it. Um, So yeah. And the only other thing I want to bring up is guys, don't forget to vote. Um, No, you know, the people that are running in your city, state, everything. November 3rd is a big, big day. So again, let's keep this momentum going. Um, Because I've talked to a lot of, um, you know, diverse comics, a lot of black comedians, and that's the number one thing they've been saying is make sure you're voting. So yeah, and know how to vote because this year is very tricky. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I'm not ready. I mean, I need to further educate myself on it because whew. Ooh, girl. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. I love you so much for doing this. Um, thank you for having us, Jackie. This is great. great. No, I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And again, guys, um, I'm in the group. 
join the group mindfulnessandantiracism.com. It's it's really it just it's a safe space and you know we're all navigating and trying to do better and we all might fuck up and that's okay. Um but again, just try to do better. Um guys also I I want to also you know, pimp yourselves out on the lazy wellness coach and everything that you do besides this. So please tell everyone where they can find you and how they can reach out to you individually. Uh, yeah. So, um, I actually just changed my Instagram handle a couple weeks ago to just be my name. It's at Megan Cuzzolino. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of in the, in an in-between place of calling myself lazy wellness coach. Um, and, and considering what my, what things are going to look like for me and my business um, moving forwards. But either way, you can find me there at Megan Cozzolino, Um And you can find my website either by going megancozzolino.com or lazywellnesscoach.com. Um, and there's lots of uh, free and donation-based yoga classes up there, meditations. So if folks are looking for something like that, um, that's a good place to go. And I typically lead retreats, which obviously are all on hold for now, but we're, we're working towards um, hopefully launching some again in the fall. So keep an eye out for that as well. Awesome. And Hollis, again, I'm so grateful to Meg for bringing you into my life. I know we haven't met, but we virtually met now. Mm-hmm. Um, so please tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. Um, I, the best way right now is just my Instagram handle, which is at Hollis, H-O-L-L-I-S underscore M-M. My website has really needed some help for, for a while, but I've been busy with a lot of other things. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm a graphic designer and I work for myself. And then I also help co-found a yoga studio that I teach at called Yes Studio here in Queens. And so if you want to take any of my classes, um, you can go to that website. It's the yesstudio.com. And I started a podcast as well with my best friend, Cece, called The Process of Progress. So you can also find me at theprocessofprogress.com. Woohoo! Yes, go. After you listen to this, listen to them. Um, and thank you, Meatballs, for listening. I, I hope we gave you some clarity today. If not, you can also email me at whatsyourjerseypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us any comments, questions, anything. And also it's my birthday this weekend. And all I ask is that you leave us a nice review, rate us five stars and maybe donate to a charity. I, um, I'm teaching classes, um, this Thursday, which is probably tonight when the podcast comes out. Um, and I'm donating, donating to the COVID-19, um, protest relief fund at GoFundMe. And I'm also doing a show for the Smelly Cat pub. It's a comedy show. And last week they raised $6,500, um, towards, um, I forget what charity it was, but this week we're donating to black lives matter. So, um, I'm doing it with Monica Casey, who's been on the podcast and we're doing our Britney Spears, Lady Gaga, Madonna impressions, and all the money goes towards black lives matter. I'll be posting all the information on my Instagram. So please, please, please check it out. Um, thank you again, Hollis and Meg. Um, Thank you, Jackie. You're magical (laughs) unicorns. (laughs) And meatballs, please stay safe out there. And thank you again for listening. I'm Jacqueline Marfuji. This is What's Your Jersey podcast. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when